chapter 6. Also, if any of you would like one of these poinsettias, uh, take it home with you. That would be great uh, tonight. Not tomorrow. But if you would like one, take one home. Take two home. Take four, five, however many there are. So, all right. <coughs> Ephesians chapter 6. We're ready for the armor of God. We are almost done with Ephesians. We're going to look at verses 14 through 17 tonight, <coughs> and then uh, we'll finish up next Wednesday evening. So, all right, the armor of God. We we uh, starting in verse 10. We've seen the strong Christian. We've seen a number of relationships that we ought to have, and then then uh, we started uh, looking at. <clears throat> the uh, kind of finalizing the rest of the book and some of the things that we as believers ought to be doing and uh, we need to be strong in the Lord <clears throat> giving us that command and in the power of his might and and then put on the whole armor of God that we may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil and then he said for we wrestle not against flesh and blood but against principalities against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. And uh, Satan is, is the master of distraction and wants us to be distracted by so many things. And uh, so often, and I know there are a lot of evildoers in the world, and I understand that there are those that um, walk wickedly and uh, do the the bidding of, of the devil, and uh, but we need to also understand that they're blinded. Uh, some of them are willingly blinded. Some of them are just ignorantly blinded by uh, the devil, and we're not sure which which is which, and so we can't read the hearts, and so we we need to love them enough to share the gospel with them and understand that they're really they're not our enemy. Uh, the enemy is uh, is the devil himself and his demons, and it's a spiritual battle that we are fighting, and we need to understand that, and we need to understand that if we're going to win this, that uh, that's where it has to take place is the spiritual side of things. And so he tells us here that we need to put on an armor uh, of God that can protect us in this spiritual battle. And so he tells us in verse 14 where we are at now, he, he has told us in verse 13, given us the command also, where, wherefore take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand an evil day and having done all to stand. So verse 14, stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth and having on the breastplate of righteousness. Now, I, I know that uh, you think, okay, what what is he talking about here? Well, you think about the culture of the time, and you think about what what uh, the men wore at the time, and uh, whenever they were getting ready to go into battle, whenever they were getting ready to do work or anything, they had a, they had a belt around them, and then they would 
gather up their, their clothing uh, below their, their waist, and they gather it up, and they pull it up, and they would strap it in so it was out of the way. And not only would that uh, belt then hold up that um, uh, par- uh, part of their clothing uh, to keep it out of the way, but it also was a place where they kept the, uh, a knife or a sword and, and uh, strapped to them also. And so now he's telling them, and, he, and he's giving them a command, and he said, you need to stand there for. So you take the whole armor of God, and, and you do so so that you can stand in the midst of a battle. And, uh, and it's a one-time action. This isn't something that uh, when there are times where you think that you can take off the armor and uh, that you can take a break from the battle and maybe get some R&R or whatever, you can't do that. Sorry, this is a... This is an action where you're in this battle for the rest of your life. And I think when, when you watch someone who uh, trusts Christ as their Savior, <clears throat> you, you try to warn them and, and you need to encourage them. And one of the biggest things that you ought to do with someone that is a new believer that has just trusted Christ as their Savior is encourage them to uh, make sure that they are surrounded by good people in their local church. It's it's vital that they're a part of a local church and a local church family that can help them because they they truly do not understand whenever they trust Christ as their Savior, that's when Satan is really going to get after them. And, and it's going to be a, a heavy battle that they're going to be in. And uh, you sometimes lose some because they, they're like, you know what, life was easier before. And, well, you're right, because the devil didn't need to pick on you then. Uh, he already had you. And now he, he can't uh, get your soul any longer, but he can sure do everything he can to destroy your life. And, and so we need to be willing to stand and make that choice that whatever comes, then we are going to stand as a good soldier of Christ. I, I found it interesting today and, and an encouragement. Joe, I was talking to Joe and has, has a great great attitude with the battle that's going on and and he told me he said pastor i'm doing i'm doing the best i can to give god all the honor and the glory through all of this and he said i'm, I'm trying to tell the doctors that i tell the nurses that and and he said i had a nurse the other day she said uh joe you're you're one of the first ones i've seen in a long time who's willing to share their faith so openly and and good for joe you know and we just need to continue to pray for Joe that he have the courage to do so, and uh, and and that's taking the stand. That's when you're you you are going through a, a battle of uh, of all battles in your own life, and you can still give honor and glory to God who truly deserves it. And so, and that's what he's talking about in Philippians chapter four and verse one. Paul wrote to the Philippians. He said, "Therefore, my brethren, dearly beloved, and long for." my joy and crown, so stand fast in the Lord, my dearly beloved. Uh, you can tell in that, in that one verse how Paul's heart was going out to those believers, knowing the struggles that they were having, and, and just really compelling them and wanting them and, and wanting to hear later that they were still standing fast in the Lord. And he wrote to the Thessalonians in 2 Thessalonians 2 and verse 15, Therefore, brethren, stand fast and hold the traditions which you have been taught, whether by word or our epistle. And so having your loins girt about with truth and the, the band or the belt, like I said, that was used to, 
hold the tunic in place and, and hold the scabbard. And, and something we need to understand, that, that that belt was not an ornament, but it was an armament. And, and it was there for a reason, to, to carry um, the, the sword that he was carrying, the knife that he was carrying, and, and, and we need to understand that. And he tells us that it's girt about with truth. And so truth is the band that keeps the, the uh, believers robed together. It's the band that uh, is uh, unencumbered for times of battle. And, and the truth is, is what is revealed to us in God's Word. I mean, if we want truth, then there it is. I, I, I find it amazing that people will search everywhere looking for truth when you don't have to go, you don't have to Google it. You, you don't have to go look in the encyclopedia. You don't have to go to some, some uh, uh, philosophical leader somewhere. All you have to do is open up the precious word of God and know you have the truth. And, and we can abide by that and live by that and know that our lives will be better for it and how we need to understand the truth. And Paul wrote to Timothy in 1 Timothy 1 and verse 18, This charge I commit unto thee, son Timothy, according to the prophecies which went before uh, on thee, that thou by them mightest war a good warfare. Prophecies is the word. It's the word of God. And here he said you need to take them and understand that it's by the word that you can war a good warfare. And so, oh, how important it is that that we stand and we stand upon the truth of God's word. That's it. If somebody comes to you for counsel, then you counsel them with the word of God. What does God's word say about the situation you're in? What do you need to do about the situation that you're in? What about the decisions that you are getting ready to make? Is that what the Bible tells you to do? Uh, we, we will try to do everything we can to justify our bad decisions, but if they're not biblical, they are wrong. And uh, as a pastor, you can counsel people until you run out of oxygen and, and, and tell people, but ultimately, everybody sitting here, me included, standing here, we need to decide that God's truth is what we will stand on and we will quit justifying our misbehavior, that we will stop justifying our bad attitudes or our misconceptions or whatever it is and, and want to justify our whatever we're doing and stop doing that and say, okay, God, here's the truth, and this is what we need to abide by. When we do that, we find God's hand of blessings upon us. When we don't do that, we find chaos and we find chastening. And so we need to be careful and understand it's the truth that holds everything together and equips us for preparing us for battle. If we, have, if we don't have the truth, we're not going to win the battle. And so we need to stand on the truth. And then he goes on and he says, So having your loins girt about with truth and having on the breastplate of righteousness. And so now having on has the idea of, uh, to be clothed with the breastplate of righteousness. And this is the part of the armor that protects the heart and the vitals and uh, integrity and uprightness and uh, void of offense toward God and man um, is what righteousness is talking about. 
uh, I find this interesting too that uh, righteousness it's it's not just uh, righteous talk but it's really it's righteous behavior something I I read this quote years ago and uh, it's very powerful words are no defense against accusation but a good life is you know how often do we how often do you see it on social media anymore where where people are are constantly defending themselves or trashing someone else or whatever and you you know what the best thing is is if somebody goes after you just live the live right just just let your life prove to them that they're a liar uh, i mean that's what we do we you you do not need to spend all this time defending yourself i i, I mentioned this before years ago I, I hadn't been here a year probably in in this ministry and we we were supporting a missionary in africa at the time and uh they they had, had these missionaries that they were supporting forever got here and 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 uh well he came off the field about a year after i'd been here and 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 uh had no idea why he just sent out a letter said i'm coming off the field and uh, so we were going to stop the support, and 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 then uh, pretty soon uh, we get a letter from uh, his sending church and his pastor, and and that past, this was way before social media, guys. You know, for some of you, so and, and and it was all snail mail, and so we get this letter, and and the pastor is this this missionary is a, a no good so and so, and he's been doing all of this, and and you need to make sure you pull all your support, and then. About a week later or two weeks later, I get another letter from the missionary saying that pastor is a no good so and so, and and I'm like, guys, I don't need, I don't know either one of you. I don't, but I can tell you, I don't like either one of you now. And so, first of all, we're not going to support you any longer, and we're not going to support anybody that comes from your church either, because you're going to act like that. We're just not going to do it. I mean, it's like, why why do we spend so much? You know, how much money do they spend sending all these letters and? trashing each other, and all they did was cause a lot of people to, to quit res- having any respect for them. And just let your life defend yourself and, and uh, understand that, that the, the breastplate of righteousness, a righteous life speaks a whole lot louder than, than anything else that you can say. And so let us make sure that we do that. First John 3, verse 7, John wrote, Little children, let no man deceive you. He that doeth righteousness is righteous, even as he is righteous. And so let us live in a way that, that we ought to. And you find out that righteous lifestyle is a breastplate that will protect you from all kinds of, of things that are going on that Satan is going to throw at you. And so let us make sure that we keep on the, the, the breastplate of righteousness as it says. Well, then he goes on. And he tells us, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. And so be prepared for battle. You, you know, one thing that I, have, uh, that I understand and, and know is that when I went, went elk hunting, I, I didn't wear my cowboy boots. Uh, we're 11,000 feet. You're going straight up. You're going straight down. Uh, you, you wear the proper type of boots. You, you wear some nice hiking boots that have good traction. I like ones that have, have firm support around the ankles so you don't break your neck, you know, <laughs> when you trip and fall. And, and you're going over rocks and, you know, all kinds of trash. And you have, you have good boots on. 
And so you, you wear the proper equipment for what you are doing, right? And, and making sure that you, you also, it, it's not a wise idea to, to, to uh, wear flip-flops out when you're mowing your yard. And so not a good idea to do that. And so, uh, and if you're in rattlesnake country, it's probably not a good idea to wear tennis shoes. That's when you do wear, you know, some kind of cowboy boots or something. And, and uh, uh, you know, you, but you have to have your feet shod and, and, they, and they need to be prepared for battle, right? I mean, you have to have the right things and firm footing and sure steps and, and protection. You, you want to make sure that you're not going to stumble and fall when, when you need traction. And, and, and so making sure that you're equipped. Well, so make sure that you're equipped. And some people say, well, it's hard to witness someone because I just don't know that I, that I know enough. Well, we're going to solve that at the beginning of the year uh, in our connections class. I have like one, one lesson left that uh, we'll be able to finish up this Sunday. And then we're going to go over how to lead someone to Christ. And we're going to go over it in some depth and going to give you all kinds of stuff that, that can help you and, and, and uh, equip you to be able. And can I also tell you something that no one can take away from you is the power of your own personal testimony of, of how God saved you. Nobody can, that, nobody can question that. Sorry, they, they're not you, right? And you can just, you can lay it out for someone and say, well, here's what God did in my heart, and this is at that very moment when I trusted Christ as my Savior, this is what was going on in my life, and this is how God used it. And so everybody can do that. And so let's, know, let's make sure that, that we are properly shod, you might say, for, for the job that you're doing. And, and what is it? With the preparation of the gospel of peace, a readiness to go out with the gospel. And isn't it nice to understand that it's the gospel of peace. Man, we, so we, we drove down from Steamboat this morning. We went up Monday on Christmas Day to see Teresa's mom and dad, and, and we missed all the bad weather. I mean, it was beautiful up there, and you guys are about to get blown away uh, down here, I heard. And then I saw the roads closed, and I'm thinking, ah, Dustin's going to have to do Wednesday night because I'm going to stay up there another day, you know? Sun shining, beautiful up there, but... Anyway, we came home, and so we came back through Denver, which is, uh, is against every part of my being, but we, we, we wanted to come through Denver so we could stop at University Hospital and, and say hi to Joe and pray with Joe, and so we did. And, and uh, afterwards, we 3.30 in the afternoon, you would think we were safe. And it was bumper to bumper with a whole lot of angry people. And, you know, it just reminds me, there's a lot of people that need the gospel of peace. Really, I, I mean, we think, you know, we're just two days, guys, we're just two days from Christmas, okay? And, and I'm like, my attitude was bad, you know? <laughs> I'm like, this is terrible, you know? But it just reminds me that, that there is so much chaos in our world today, and, and, and there just needs to be some peace, right? And, and, and we, we just need to, to be prepared with the gospel, and the gospel brings peace with God, and it brings a peace of God. And how powerful is that, to, to be able to do that and, and take it to people? And, you know, sometimes they don't want to hear it, but that's okay. 
You, you just, you love them anyway, and, and you look for another opportunity to tell them later about that and, and continue on. But let us be shod and, and prepared with the gospel of peace. And above all, taking the shield of faith. Now, this shield, they say, was somewhere around, it would have been about four feet tall and about two and a half feet wide. And so it was a big one, you know. Some of them would have been round. You, you see a lot on TV, a lot of those guys had the round ones, but a lot of them had the square ones. Square makes a whole lot more sense to me, you know. And, and then when you have the archers, you know, they could get down behind them and, and be protected from the arrows. And, and, uh, but they're, they're very large and, and uh, uh, to, to protect your whole body, right, and protect all parts of you. And, and so here he says, and above all, taking the shield of faith. And faith is that shield. And, 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 uh, and, and he goes on and he says here, wherewith ye shall be able. You are able, okay? That's what he's saying here. It's a future tense, but it's, a, it, it's one that's a factual statement that God is making that when you have the shield of faith, you will be able, as he says here, to uh, quench all the fiery darts uh, uh, of the wicked. And so whatever comes at you, then you need to know that through a firm confidence in God's Word, the truth, knowing what it says, and uh, even though the temptations will come, circumstances may be fierce, even times when doubt may rise and destruction looms, faith will still say, I believe God. That's what he wants. And, and sometimes he allows us to get in some, some, some pretty heavy places in our lives like those that we were just praying for. Many of them are, are in all kinds of battles for their health and, and we're praying for them. And, and it's during those times that we can still say, God, I trust you. I trust you. And we need to continue to do so. And when we do that, it is a shield that will give us the ability to quench whatever it is that Satan throws at us. And so in that word quench, when you, uh, when you quench a fire, you extinguish it, right? You, you, you put it out or suppress it. And, and so that, that's what he tells us to do. You know, he also tells us in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 19, he also gives us a command to quench not the spirit. So we need to quench the fiery darts of Satan but let's make sure that we do not quench the Spirit and, and try to extinguish His power in our lives. And we do that through disobedience and lack of trust and, and griping and murmuring and all of the things that they've done in the past that has been recorded in His Word. But here it tells us that, and above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. You think about those fiery darts, and you think about what uh, he was writing about at that time. They, they would take, uh, sometimes they said it would be flax, or maybe it would be hemp, and they would, and they would wrap it around an arrow, and, and then they would put something combustible on it, maybe some kind of oil or whatever they had, and, and they would light those up, and then they would shoot those into the, into the cities or into the tents, and uh, they would stick wherever they are, and then it'd set things on fire. And and you and you think about it, that's exactly what Satan loves to do to us. 
you know, and he'll throw those those fiery darts at us, and 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 when one sticks, and then it starts lighting things up, and and then we see that all he's doing is trying to burn down everything in your life, and and destroy everything that's going on. But here, God tells us that by faith, you can quench all of those. And so we need to understand and fight the good fight and take uh, with us the shield of faith. And then the last thing we have in verse 17, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. And so the helmet of salvation, we take it and once again, all of these are an heiress tense, which means a one-time action. You, you, you never take it off, and, and, and uh, you're not going to take this off. And, and uh, uh, here we take the helmet of salvation. And 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 8, Paul wrote, But let us who are of the day be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love, and for a helmet the hope of salvation. We that take that which is offered, and in this case is the salvation offered by God to each one of us, then we, we have salvation. And we need to understand that the head is the seat uh, of the mind, and, and it guides the rest of the body. You know, one thing that I learned years ago when uh, learning how to, how to ride horses, and, and I had one that he was, he was just not so trusty as Steve. You know, I mean, he, he really taught you how to ride well because you didn't know when he was going to blow up. I mean, you, you could ride him all day, and he'd try to buck you off, right? Well, the one thing that I always understood, I learned real quick, is that if one does start bucking, you need to keep looking forward because as soon as you start looking for where you're going to land, that's where you're going to land, you, you know? Stay looking at the horse and looking at his head and and in front of you, and, and keep that, and, and you'll, you know, if you halfway know how to ride, you'll probably stay in the middle of the horse, and you'll be okay. Same way with bull riding. I mean, you, you, they keep your chin tucked, you know, and you keep your hand down, and you're, and you're watching your hand, and you're watching the front of that bull, and you're going wherever, and, and, you'll, and you'll stay where you ought to be. But uh, as soon as you start looking around is when you start failing, well, it's the same way when we take that helmet of salvation and, and we understand that the head is the seat of the mind. As, as long in Proverbs 4, you can go to the last few verses of Proverbs chapter 4. can't remember. It just came to my mind somewhere around verse 20 or 21, somewhere in there. But I think there's about four verses there that, you know what he tells you? He said, don't look to the right. Don't look to the left. Look straight ahead and stay focused and and. Um, understand that in your obedience, the Holy Spirit will constantly be showing you and, and, and encouraging your heart that you are a child of God. As soon as you start looking away and start veering away and living in disobedience, the very first thing that's going to come up in your mind is you're going to start questioning whether, am I truly saved or not? Well, just stay focused on what you ought to. And you'll understand that you will overcome the world and things will be okay. And, and you take the helmet of salvation and, and, and we focus on the eternal life that God has given us. And, and then the fear of man will not become a snare and, and the stresses of the world will stay small where they ought to be because eternal life is a whole lot bigger than anything we'll deal with here. And we ought to be thankful for that.
And then the last thing is the sword of the Spirit, as it says, which is the Word of God. The sword which is furnished by the Spirit of God. The sword which will bring condemnation and judgment to some. Remember when Jesus comes in Revelation 19, and you remember at the Battle of Armageddon, all the nations are going to be in that valley. They're thinking that they're coming for that last final battle and they're going to finally kill all the Jews and they're, they're going to defeat Jesus and they're going to defeat God's plan and everything. And, and it tells us that Jesus comes back and he's on that white horse. And what does he do? Speaks a word and destroys them with a spoken word. Can I tell you that the word of God is that powerful for us today. It, it can give us the victories that we need if we by faith will trust him and just be obedient to what it says. And it sounds easy, but then you start dealing with your own flesh, you start dealing with your corrupted mind, you start dealing with the temptations of lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride, you start dealing with the temptations of the devil and, and his host, the demons, and, and then you start understanding and realizing the battle that we are really in today. And the only way that we're going to have victory is by making sure we have put on the armor of God and that we leave it on and we do what it is that God tells us to do. But when we do, we're victorious. And that's what God wants. How powerful and joyful it is to know that God has equipped us and doesn't expect us to be perfect, but he has equipped us to have victory over all of this stuff that comes in our lives and be able at the end of the day to lay our heads down and know that we did the best that we can and we, and we have sought God and, and looked to be obedient to him and know that, that God is pleased with our endeavors of the day. That's what he wants for us. So let's do it, right? Let's live by it. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your word. Pray your blessings upon us. Pray that you will guide us home safely. Use us, Lord, in your work. I pray that you will bring us back when the doors are open. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you guys.